There you have it, the music of Tchaikovsky. Piano Concerto Number 1, Allegro Non Troppo. Coming up, a string serenade, waltz from the Berlin Chamber Orchestra. But first, this commercial word from Rick's Nightclub in Lake City. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Please. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love time, time, time. The guy who wrote this song and founded the group called Danny and the Juniors is dead. Here I go again with another yeah. obituary to start. It, it, there's a, why do you always start? Why do you always start? I love that I don't we start know. off with, me, with music, and you always you have such great taste in music. I've learned a lot from you. But you've recently been starting off all of our podcasts with dead people's music. I know, and and that's not good. And uh, it says something about me, doesn't it? I don't know. I, it does, I but I'm I don't obsessed. know what it says about I'm, you. I'm, I'm feeling more and more my own mortality. I guess. No, so, I know. So I, I know. I, I look at uh, I look at the obituary column. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's the first thing I look at in a newspaper, but it's high on the list. And yeah. by the way, I got to apologize again. I have screwed yeah, up, I'm, and here yeah. I've got this stupid heater going. I was going to say something again about it. Yeah, well, it's my can fault. Can you turn it off or? It's yes, I can. It's getting um, it's getting more and more funky when I turn it off. Uh, may I just what say? Do you mean? Well, listen to this. I'm going to turn it off right now. Here we go. I've not heard it make those noises before. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this thing. It was only $10. It's getting worse. Um, it, it sounds dangerous. It sounds like a dying animal. No, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, you will not hear you're this not on any future podcast because I'm getting rid of this thing today. You're not concerned that it's going to just blow up and catch your hair on fire? Well, it it's not, it, if it blows safe. up, it's going to blow up at the dump because that's where it's going today. Well, you should unplug it, too. I don't even trust that it's plugged into the wall. Not only am I going to unplug it, but I'm going to turn off the... I'm going to go to my fuse box and turn off all the power to my house <laughs> and until yeah. this thing is gone. <laughs> it See? does sound kind of like it's possessed. Yeah. It's, it's got a life of its own. It's really spooky. It's it's yeah. disturbing. No, no question about it. All right. Well, so here we go again. It's fine. You know, this uh, the podcast that we're doing is a very rare commodity. What do you mean? Well, there are only 60,000 or more podcasts currently <laughs> in the United States. You know, and when we started doing this like 5 years ago, yeah. there were like there were only 18. <laughs> and we were like well, we're going to make it big because there's only 18 other podcasts We're going to make there. big so dollars here. Yeah. That's right. And now, and so we just, but you know what? It's fun. I mean, we enjoy it. And yes, we do. We've and talked about trying to make money off of it, but, you know, it's, I don't know. We should, I don't know. 
Well, there is money to be made. I, you get sponsors. I know how it, other people have it figured out. We don't, <laughs> and know. it's not because we we've tried very hard either. We people have no. been wonderful. We get donations from folks. Um, yeah, who who listen? It's it's always mind blowing when somebody sends even like a you know a dollar twenty to us. It's just great. I yeah. mean, it's just it. It's not about the money. It's about the meaningfulness of it, and and the in in even a small even uh, a thousand effort like dollars. that. Yeah, even a thousand. Even, even a thousand dollars. Um, we I don't know. really appreciate it. We really do. If there's anybody out there, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I do a lot of auctions, and I always, I have to. You you always shoot for the sky. You know, you don't know. Right. You don't know what somebody might have in mind, but. Uh, Many wish- times at auctions, they the auction people will tell me, uh, we have one person who is willing to donate $10,000. So we're going to start at the $10,000 level. Oh, and, I see. And who knows? Somebody else might step up. You, we never right. know. But you want to know for sure where you should start. And so if they say yeah. 10000 that's where I would start. I go, is there... And this is... Anybody tonight who can give at the $10,000 level, I would be proud to call out your number. And then that that card will go up. Yeah. Uh, and then and then maybe I'll get another. You never know. Yeah. And then I'll go. What do you, you, what do you go up in increments of 20 bucks or like 500 or what? Well, when you start at 10,000, what's the increment? Well, you probably you would go down to you might go to 7,500, then to 5. I mean, you go down from 10. No, I mean, you don't go, go up. up. No, no, you don't go up. You go down. No, you don't. If you're auctioning something off, isn't the point to make as much money as you can? No, so no. Somebody starts off at ten grand, and no, then you say, I understand. "All right, do I have do I have eleven grand?" I know. I understand what you're saying, and I I, oh. I didn't explain it very well. There's oh, a part usually sake. in an auction where they have what they call fund an item or fund a need. Oh, I see what you're saying. So not, you're like, okay, I got one guy who's yeah, going to fund I, it at ten. Anybody yeah. else want to fund at ten? No, we can't do that. That's too expensive. Okay, let's go so to seventy five hundred. Great. Would you do? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, well, all right, sir. Here we go. There. What are they going to give for? I have a six hundred dollar down here now. Ten and now twenty five and now thirty five and now the fifty now sixty. Will they give me sixty now seventy five? Seventy five another eighty five dollars on the bond there. I didn't. I didn't explain that very well. Yeah. I wish Jeff Bezos listened to our podcast. That would solve I a wish, lot of problems, I wish, wouldn't it? I wish Bill Gates listened to her. I know. You could you could quit the road. He you would, wouldn't have to work traveling it, anymore. Yeah, if they would donate some money to us. Yeah. Be, yeah, but you too. You could go buy a new heater. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have to use that crappy old death trap. You're right. I could buy a new house that has heat get, in it. Yeah, that yes. would be good. Yeah. How do we get Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates to listen to I don't know. To uh, I don't know. We're, I just... I can't believe you've never run into them. I mean, they're I've Seattle people. No, I they're have. Seattle people. You have? Yeah, I have a Well, pic- you obviously didn't make a very good impression no, on I didn't. them. I have a picture of myself with Bill Gates, a picture with Bezos. Really? Steve Ballmer. Really? Yeah, but they, they you know, they, they go, yeah, How about great. Steve Allen? See you later. Steve, really? Steve Allen? Yeah. Steve Allen? I mean, uh, no, Paul Allen. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? I did a, an event for his company. Uh, and he, so, but- you yeah. basically blew our shot, is what you did. Yeah, I did. I because I don't, I can't ask for money. I just. Well, I, I know not ask for money, but couldn't you like cozy up to them and be their friend and somehow? Well, I mean, who doesn't want to be a billionaire's friend? So, 
you get in line, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. But anyway, yeah. uh, so what I what I usually say at these auctions is after we've got ten thousand dollars, or maybe two times ten thousand dollars, or three, in a really lucky coincidence, then I'll go. You know what, everybody? Stupidly, I forgot to ask if there's anyone in the room who can give one point three million dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I skipped a level. Uh, one time I did an auction where they made uh, multiple million dollars, and and I just I just couldn't wow. believe it. I'm just pinching myself because you know you're not doing anything as an auctioneer. You're not even really a salesman. Right. You're just calling out numbers and who will give yeah. me twenty five, thirty five, you know, whatever. And yeah. they they and then sometimes if you get the right crowd, they give so much money, your jaw drops. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm standing. You gotta get this is like up. a this is like a popper asking <laughs> rich people how much money they're going to spend. I mean, I have no business even being in that company, <laughs> uh, but it but it it so it always seems surreal to me. Yeah, you definitely get that imposter inferiority yes. complex going yes, on I there. Do. Yes, yeah. Well, I went and lost her. To the great imposter, I stood and watched her fall. I told you about the time I went to, because we were on the air and I had gone to the Museum of Flight, had a big fancy to-do. Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. And the reason I wanted to go so badly is because Harrison Ford was going to be making an appearance there. Oh, I know! (laughs) I bought my first car at Harrison Ford. I... Uh, uh, Paul Tosh was our traffic guy at the time, and uh, he was also a pilot. So he had an in. Uh, the the tickets were very hard to get. I couldn't even get a ticket. Being an air person, an on air personality in Seattle, I couldn't get a ticket. This was like the the shindig to go to. Yeah. And somehow Paul Tosh managed to wrangle a ticket for me. Uh, I didn't even go with anybody. I didn't care. I just wanted to go by myself. So I. You know, I went down to J.C. Penney's and I got myself a little dress. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Tosh, by gosh. And and got myself gussied up as best. Do you still as have it. that dress? I still have the dress. <laughs> I have the dress. I can't get rid of it because I, I I was able to to get a picture with with Harrison Ford. But I I remember trundling up to the uh, venue, which was I believe right at the Museum of Flight, and. You know, all these Mercedes, a BMW, Range Rover, all these cars. And then here I come chugging up in my little green Subaru. <laughs> chugging up in my little JC Finney dress. And I'm like, woo. And I got, I was so excited, but I was surrounded by people. I should never have been allowed in. I was just, that was not my crowd. I'm in with the in crowd. And this was back in the days when you could smoke at the tables, and they were right. they were drinking and smoking cigars, and and the auction portion happened, and and people were they they had these uh, beautiful like little I don't even know if you'd call them uh, party favors like at every plate there was a bag that had you know beautiful pens and yeah, compasses yeah. and like a swag I'll bet, bag. I'll bet by the way that Dick Friel was the auctioneer. 
I have. I think. I think you might be right. Because he was very connected I, to. Yeah, I the think you might be right. Slide industry. So these rich people didn't care about these swag bags with because the, they were they're they're you know bidding ten grand and twelve grand and fifteen. Grand. So I'm walking around while all these people are drunk and I'm stuffing pens and compasses <laughs> in my bra <laughs> and I brought them. I brought them all back for you guys at the radio station. I probably like just dumped my bra out. I go look at all the cool crap I got from this 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 auction that nobody nobody was paying attention to any of the trinkets so that was the fr- that was one of those rare occasions where you wore a bra <laughs> yeah i should have had on big panties too so i could have stuffed those <laughs> full but i didn't so there you go but yeah that was that was a lot of fun but you're right i felt very out of place but it was still it was a lot of fun and i was just stunned at how easily people would bid 10 grand and 12 grand yeah. and oh yes yeah. i'll bid 15 grand on that oh yes it, it just yeah they i remember an auction a whole I, different world an auction i was at uh jay buner the ex-mariner yeah outfielder Bought an uh, a labradoodle for ten grand. Yeah, they had a golden retriever. They had a golden retriever puppy at this auction that went for ten grand. Yeah. By the okay, way, I've so got a joke all lined up for the end of this podcast. That you I do. Think I don't even. I don't even remember what the last last one's joke was. But I, I you don't even remember the last podcast, do you? I don't I really don't? Yeah. Are you um, on the pot right now? No, I'm not on the pot today. Today okay. I feel good. Today I'm. I'm. I'm not feeling emotional. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm. I'm feeling uh, strong and well, do not need to be on the pot today. Well, Although, yeah, you may. You may be feeling all those things, but we still got some time left in this podcast. <laughs> I am woman, hear me roar, and numbers too big to ignore, and I know too much to go back to pretend, cause cookers have heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor, no one's ever gonna keep me down again. Um, speaking, we were just talking about you going to the Museum of Light and all of that, and of course, the, the central theme of that wonderful museum Mm -hmm. but the whole reason we have all these flight museums in uh, in this area is because of boeing boeing was born in i think it was 1916 that boeing was founded so it's been around yeah no it's over 100 years yeah i can't believe that yeah it's amazing it's all it's just been when did the airplane get invented 1915 i think the wright brothers didn't they do their thing around 1903 or something but yeah they've been around for that long and now they are in some rather remarkable public relations trouble and as we do this podcast this story is so fluid it may may change again but as we know the story by now boeing wanted to outpace airbus for the business of american airlines feels like they hurried this thing and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh Uh, testimonials from uh, Boeing employees who, of course, want to be anonymous, but they said, yeah, we we would normally take a year to do something. Mm -hmm. We took three months to do it. Our blueprints were hurried up, and sometimes there was information in them that was not complete or not accurate, Mm -hmm. but we just raced along to get this thing done. Yeah, I don't know, though. You know, I I think that um, while you were talking, I was looking up uh, major brands that have survived reputation crises or, or scandals. And right. I, I think Bowen's going to be fine. They they always seem to come back um, from whatever 
problem that they had. If you remember... I don't think they've ever had a problem like this, Yeah, though. but they'll come back. I mean, planes crash. They'll come back. Planes crash, yeah. but not not because you made uh, some safety additions an option instead of yeah. instead of built into the to the purchase. Yeah. So I, I think it's this is the biggest problem I think they've ever had. I think you're right and I I see what you're saying about it being affecting people's health and livelihood. But I think a reputation no matter what. Like like Wells Fargo. I don't know if you've been watching any of their recent advertising lately. They've pretty much admitted that they were screwing people over and uh, that there's a whole new Wells Fargo now. We know the value of trust. We were built on it. Back when the country went west for gold, we were the ones who carried it back east. By steam, by horse, by iron horse. Over the years, we built on that trust. We always found the way. Until we lost it. But that isn't where the story ends. It's where it starts again. With a complete recommitment to you. Fixing what went wrong, making things right, and ending product sales goals for branch bankers. So we can focus on your satisfaction. We're holding ourselves accountable to find and fix issues proactively because earning back your trust is our greatest priority. It's a new day at Wells Fargo, but it's a lot like our first day. Wells Fargo, established 1852, reestablished 2018. Remember Subway? Remember mm-hmm. Subway, the, uh, the, the Subway guy that... Jared. Jared. Remember Jared from Subway? He's inspired a lot of people. He's looking good. To show you the way. He was their spokesperson for years, um, fifteen years. It says that they worked, and then of course he was fa- guilty of, of distributing and receiving child porn, and it that was a huge blow for Subway. But Subway's fine; they're yeah. they're they're yeah. fine. Um, Pepsi had it. Chick Fil A. Well, Chick-fil-A. no, they're still having a problem. They they are still very much anti LBG. I've never gone to a Chick-fil-A, no, but still, I've driven by them they, before, and there's a long line they waiting just to lost, get in. They just lost a, uh, a, a contract for a major airport installation because of their anti-gay. Mm. Um, Samsung uh, had went through a big crisis back in 2016 um, because of their Galaxy Note 7 burst into flames. Hey, Siri, what time is it? Ah! They're fine. Uber, same thing there. So these companies that go through these these problems that have with their reputation, but they always come back. They always you they get, always come back. You get some good crisis managers there. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they always come back, but uh, many of them can of any... if they handle things properly. They can. And yeah. I and I'm not saying that Boeing's gonna go bankrupt or disappear. I mean, because you're talking about thousands and thousands of people. That work for the company, they are going to fix it, but yeah. uh, they they've just got to comply with the fixes mm-hmm. uh, that they that they and, have to do, and then yeah. make everybody and 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 I, even after they do all of that, uh, people might be nervous about getting on one, but uh, I think it's fair to say that when that plane seven thirty seven Max gets back into the air. You could feel like this is the safest airline. This is the safest plane I can be on right now, mm-hmm. because they will have fixed everything and gone over it 
13 times with a fine-tooth yeah. comb. Yeah. Yeah. Boeing is the defining company of Seattle. We've got Microsoft and Starbucks and all of that, but uh, Boeing employs... Yeah. You know, when I moved to Seattle in 1979, I didn't know that much about it, but my friend's dad was a prominent p person in Boeing, and they used to call it the Lazy Bee. We would uh, like to thank you all for coming to this press conference. We in Boeing management want to clear up any recent misunderstandings there might be about quality control, our employee attitudes, production problems, and most of all, about the safety of our product. However, I am pleased to report that last night, our softball team beat the Eddie Bauer team to take the league championship for the third year in a row. I want to give a shout out to the Boeing Bobcats, and I'll see you at the Kager down at the Caveman tonight. And we are now going to open the floor for questions. There have been some disturbing reports about quality control on the assembly line. For example, the wrong wings being put on a 737. Okay, now a lot has been made in the media about the wrong wings being put on a plane. You know, like they never make mistakes, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're always really quick to criticize when we get the wrong wings on a plane, but they never mention it when we get the right wings on. <laughs> Besides, I've always felt that wings have been overrated. Now, the best wings in the world aren't going to help if the pilot doesn't know how to fly the plane. No. And you know something? I would like to emphasize the point that our workers are encouraged to be very safety conscious. Mm -hmm. I'd like, to, I'd like to bring out one of our finest mechanics, Bill Donner. Bill, he wants to read a statement. Bill, get up here. Go ahead. Nobody ever told me not to inspect the parts of the airplane, and I am not being pressured in any way by the company to say that. The company has not threatened to fire me, nor have they called me into a dark storeroom with a lot of thugs and told me to read this or they'll fire me. And after that, they didn't call me at home either, asking how would I like it if all of a sudden I didn't have a job? <laughs> to which I would have said, but I didn't. You mean you're going to fire me? And then they never said, you figure it out, you moronic grease monkey. <laughs> okay, Bill, thank you. I've got more. No, that's, that's okay, that's fine. you can go. Am I fired? The joke was that everybody sat around, they drank coffee, they didn't work that hard, because there were so many people that folks that were kind of slackers could still could still maintain their jobs, partly because of the union strength. But yeah. uh, I don't think it's like that anymore. I think these people are working their butts off. And you were telling me before the podcast that there's this low-cost airline called WOW that is grounded now? Yeah. I saw a WOW plane dry, uh, flying over our house a couple of weeks ago. But I think it was flying upside down because it looked like mom airlines. <laughs> well, well, they weren't flying last week, and they weren't flying yesterday or the day before no, that. I, I actually have never heard of one. I hadn't either, but this company, I guess, is an international um, uh, airline, and they got up one day, and they just said, well, gosh, I guess we don't have any more money. So right in the middle of all their flights, they just, like, went bankrupt. Do, do that voice again. I don't know. It's the voice I was doing. Like, yeah, well, I guess we, I we guess don't, we have, don't any have, have any more money. So well, we... right, there, you, right there, you know they're not very smart. It's not a smart airline. <laughs> for sure if that's how they talk but anyway but it just seemed like an odd thing to go well you, you would think they so they shut basically went bankrupt and right in the middle of all their flights said yeah no we're not we can't we can't afford to fly anymore sorry 
and no refunds, no help finding people. People were stranded all over the earth oh in gosh. different areas. And but it just to me, it's like you could have planned ahead maybe and said, "Listen, we uh, this uh, we'll get you here and there, and then that's all we can do." But no, they just just one day said, "Yeah, we can't anymore. It's done. We're done." And and. And people can't sue them because they uh, don't have any money. That's right. If you're bankrupt, yeah. you're way down the line, oh, way, man. way, way down the line. So, yeah, people were posting on social media, you know, hey, God, I'm stuck in Dublin. I'm trying to get to Detroit. Can anybody? The company's gone bust. They gave us pizza, but they said we can't get on a plane. Can anybody help us? Well, just first Crazy. of all, a company, an airline that's named Wow should yeah. raise some <laughs> red flags right there. Well. A wow, wow sounds like a company that makes hula hoops and frisbees does not sound like an airline right yeah <laughs> anyway i just thought that was an interesting you just never know you know some days that's what i'm telling you some days you feel like you gotta smoke the pot because crap like this happens <laughs> I saw an article called The New Science of Cuteness. Oh. I'm not sure you're going to quite buy into all of this, but let me make sure. I love cute things. Yeah, well, most people do. <clears throat> and that that's the point of this article. It's a woman who writes a personal story about her her own experience. She is devotedly and determinedly not ever wanting to have a baby. So she goes to the doctor and she has an ovarian cyst or something and it turns out not to be cancerous and she's going to be fine. But her doctor afterwards said, you know what, uh, you, you better, if you're going to have kids, you better have them right now. Get on it. Get mm. to it. And she felt insulted and said, why would you assume that that's what I want mm. to have kids? Uh, but th that's where the story begins. But then she goes into this whole thing about if you've ever been on the internet lately, cuteness can get kind of weird. They have lemurs with... Uh, uh, What's a lemur? It's it's a kind of a monkey. Oh, oh okay. Ever heard of a flying lemur? <clears throat> no. They don't really fly, but they could jump a long ways. And I've they heard look of like flying, flying monkeys. Yeah, flying monkeys are a real thing from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So lemur, they they put I don't Photoshop. Think, I don't think you know they're who, cute. I don't think well, I don't think monkeys are cute at all. You, you don't? I don't. No, they're creepy. I love monkeys. Oh, no, my God. We've had this conversation before, especially when they when they put clothes on monkeys. That's just creepy to me. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. <laughs> it is. They shouldn't be wearing... Why? Clothes Why? And, I don't know. You they're know, all dark and grabby, and they got big long fingers. I don't know. There's. I don't think they are, are the closest thing to humans nah, that there are. I don't. So maybe that's why you don't 
think they're cute because you don't think humans are cute. No, that's not it. I think there's plenty of cute humans. Come on. Monkeys don't. They... Come on. I'm going to debate you on this monkey monkeys. thing. You can't tell monkeys, me. You can't monkeys are hilarious. They have senses oh, of humor. No, they eat bananas. Uh, they can climb in trees. Nope. They they can they they'll throw their own feces. Monkeys are cute. No, see, I've just never been a monkey person. I know a lot of people think they're cute, but I just like, uh, I don't have any, no, I don't like them. It's nothing personal, for heaven's sake. It's just, I don't. So anyway, you go. Know, you know, now you've pretty much what? destroyed half of our audience. <laughs> Why? Uh, oh. Which was large, largely comprised, 50% of monkey monkeys lovers. that listen to our podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't thanks say, a lot, Lisa. I didn't thanks say, a lot. I didn't say I didn't think they were smart. I just don't think they're cute. Boy, I could not disagree with you more. They're so damn cute. No, they're not. Especially baby no, monkeys. Not. Okay, maybe ba- a baby. What about a baby monkey? A baby anything is cute for crying out okay, loud. Okay, that, so, that, that gets me back to the point of yeah, this. Little babies where are, yeah. they, If you're on the internet, they, they'll you'll see like cats, little yeah, babies baby dressed up like pea pods, cats with toast on their heads. <laughs> and they call that, this woman in the article calls it sweet, cute porn. Yes. Because those images grab our attention. There's something almost aggressive about the way we crave cuteness. Yeah. And, and a social psychologist said, if you think about it, This feeling of tenderness can be so overwhelming that it spills over into behavior that she calls cute aggression. An example she told me is when you see a grandparent pinching a baby's cheeks and saying, I just want to eat you up. (laughs) In fact, sometimes baby talk can sound downright serial killer if you take it out of context. Well, it's just... I just want to eat you. Yeah, I see that. I want to... I want to, you're so cute. I want to put you on a cracker and eat you. Yeah. 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 I don't know what that is. But it is kind of creepy if you take it out of context. I don't know. Why Why yeah. would you want to eat? I don't know. I don't and, know where and, that comes from. You're right. So it's a thing It's a thing in our brain uh, that uh, they're studying here. This doctor and her colleagues at Yale did probably the world's first attempt to scientifically prove the existence of cute aggression. So they did this experiment. Uh, they gave a bunch of put a bunch of people in a room and they gave them bubble wrap, and then they showed them a parade of images, and the, they found that when people popped more bubbles, they they would pop more bubbles looking at like a photo of a kitten than an adult cat. They wouldn't pop the bubbles so much. It suggested that the cutest images do seem to prompt the urge. To crush or to squeeze yeah. or to eat something. That's what I'm I'm just looking this up now, that this is a whole psychological thing on why you want to squeeze it or bite it or yeah, it's, it's kind of it weird. Or isn't nibble it? on it. <laughs> what the hell? What's wrong what with us? <laughs> That's so odd. It, it, it's that whole cute... it's the dopamine thing again. Remember? We yeah, talked about it, that it, a few Yeah, it's the reward system yeah. in the brain. Yeah. yeah. It feels good. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. But baby monk I mean, I can't believe that that of all the cute things in the world you'd pull a monkey up. I mean baby <laughs> kittens are just the word monkey sounds cute. Baby 
baby kitties are adorable. Little teeny baby kitties, baby puppies. I, it's all babies, yeah. though, right? Yeah, and they ha- what, what? they have videos too that you can just get of baby animals. Like you can just go on YouTube and just Google baby animals, and that just makes you happy. They're cute. They're so. And you cute. don't think monkeys are cute? I don't really think monkeys are cute. Do you like Tarzan movies? <laughs> Um, I, what do you mean? Like, well, tar- does he have cheetah. a monkey? Yeah, cheetah. Oh, I don't. So I guess I, I've never seen a Tarzan movie. You've never seen a okay, Tarzan well, movie? Well, maybe I've seen a Tarzan movie, Come but on. I wasn't paying attention to the monkey because I was looking at Tarzan. You thought Tarzan was cute, I didn't, but not I, cheetah. And he wasn't even a baby. Right. He wasn't a baby. All right. But no, All right. um. Yeah, cute. So I don't. Yeah, that's so funny. We do say that we want to eat and squeeze and pinch things that are cute. Yeah, huh? It's true. That's yeah, interesting. I like the. I want to eat and squeeze and pinch my my new puppy, but not because he's cute. Aww. Because he's infuriating. Oh, now come on! You haven't even given me an update on on little Mister Oliver. Well, how old here's is what he happened. Now? Let's yesterday. talk about how old he is he's, now. He's uh, he's approaching six months. Oh my goodness! And we okay. We took him to a so he's, we took him to a vet. Yeah. and they and we said. When should we? Um, when should we have him fixed? When should we? Yeah, this is right about remove the time. his nards. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Well, we like a lot of the conventional thinking now." This is an all-female vet, veterinarian clinic, by the way. Mm-hmm. We think the thinking now is that it's probably should wait a year <gasps> to have it done. What? Yeah, that's so. We so we said, "Okay, we'll go along no. with that." Well, since then, this guy. In fact, if you could see me right now, you'd see a big slash across my face. He's so aggressive now. He's he's alternately beautifully sweet, but he's so aggressive now. His hormones are driving him nuts. Oh, oh. And, uh, and so we decided, you know what? what did he, if, wait, if, what did he do to your face? He scratched it. He's, he was he, like. He fights. <gasps> he fights. He uses his paws like fists, oh and he'll punch you. He'll punch you. It just goes at you. He's, he's he's injured my wife. What? I mean, and he tortures our older dog. Oh. He just always. I mean, and and I believe me, I love this dog. He's gonna be the best dog ever. As soon as he grows over. up. But my God, he it, the stuff that it's like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, and I know. It, it, the Mister Hyde part is because he drank something he shouldn't. In this case, it's his hormones. <laughs> And, well, go get him. And I and I also have to say, and and I don't mean to put this indelicately, but this little dog—he's little. Yeah. He has the biggest Johnson you've oh. ever seen on a dog that yeah. size. Well, you've seen Quince. Quince has a huge wiener. His wiener is like that, enormous. Yeah. He, so his, that, his wiener I, almost it, drags on the ground. He's a cocker spaniel. Is so big. Now, baby really? Sherman, baby Sherman, I got him fixed at six months. And okay. Little- well, anyway, what I'm getting to that is that we're we decided what forget what yeah, the vet says. This guy's got to be fixed yeah. now. And everybody that has a dog yeah. that we talked to said, "Oh no, no, he'll his behavior will change completely." Yeah. If you, yeah. But you can't wait a year because no. by then it's it's yeah. built into yeah. it. They're yeah. They're gonna have training issues. So yeah. And I, but um, I'm first of all I'm jealous of what of of his. Oh. <laughs> enormous <laughs> member is that what started the uh, fight when you guys were started punching each other <laughs> yeah maybe 
<laughs> I thought, should I get him a little baby puppy jock strap or should we get him fixed? And I, we got to get him yeah. fixed. So we're going to do it soon because he, he's just out of control. It's not all the time, but there are moments in the day, maybe two or three times, where he just goes nuts yeah. and he wants to fight. Yeah. He's so aggressive. Can't We can't have that. No. And he's beating up our other dog, too, yeah. so that we can't have that either. So uh, that's the latest on uh, Oliver, or as we also call him, Meatball. So he's no longer uh, cute. You're, te- you're, you're saying he's got... No, he's still... He's adorably cute. I know. You texted me a picture of him with a little Santa hat on the other day. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like a dog yeah. who punches people. We had this little tiny toy with a Santa hat on really it. really cute. It was a, a dog chew toy, and he tore the hat off of it. It was really cute. So it's a little teeny hat, and we put the teeny hat on his head, and I took a picture of it, and I sent it to you. Does, I'll send it. Maybe we can post it. Does he uh, but, still have... But my, dad, my daughter said, oh, my God, he's eaten the elf on the shelf. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. He did he <laughs> has he still that toy that sings the Dealy D Dealy D song? Oh yeah. Is that That thing survives. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sorry he, to say Sherman found his I was cleaning some stuff out of the garage and it was under a pile of something and he ran and went, "Oh, there it is." And now I've been listening to that for like the last 2 weeks. Yeah. Well, you've you're, you are your own I jailer. Know. I know. You've created your own hell, and now you have to dwell there. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, you sent me an article, which I thought was kind of intriguing, about a coffee drinking. Oh, and, yes. And it had to it had to do with. Uh, it was kind of a a green article, I guess you would say. Yeah, this Excuse came me. out in the. Uh, I'm back to the cigars again. Yeah, I'll explain it while you're coughing. This came out. This was a New York Times uh, article that <laughs> <laughs> uh, came out in March. Keep going. Came out in March, <laughs> and it was talking about which I had never. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> I never really thought about um, coffee drinking as not being. Did you say cough? Or somehow. Coffee, okay. Coffee drinking not being environmentally friendly. I just never really thought about it. And this article came out talking about one thing you can do if you are a coffee drinker, how you can be a greener coffee drinker. And so it it talked a lot about. the different types of coffee ways you mm-hmm. can brew it but the one thing that came came up and i'm not a keurig i'm not a keurig uh coffee maker i'm i brew with a metal basket not even paper i don't use paper that can be thrown away i just brew it with a metal basket but oh, you're um, so great i know see this is what i wanted to ask you how are you feeling about this whole keurig thing because what i thought what was interesting in the article is that even the the inventor of Keurig, the guy uh, John Sylvan, was, he was one of the founding people of Keurig. K-Pods. He says he yeah. says, yeah, that he says mm-hmm. I wish I'd never introduced coffee pods to the world. I feel bad that I ever did it. Okay, why don't he you says, give no all the money you they, made what, back then? No matter what they say about recycling, he says those things will never be recyclable. So I wanted to ask well, you. Well, I, I think some I of the, you, the you, coffee make the coffee K-pod makers your... push back from that and say, "Yeah, they're recyclable. Sure, they are." 
That's okay, what they well, say. They, I'm, I'm just saying that, what they say. Well, that, but that's the other, whatever they say, the other people say they aren't. So um, maybe they've started making them recyclable, um, all of them, but they're still not. They they es- they don't even estimate them all to be re- recyclable till later next year. I don't get year, that. I'm, I, I use these things and I, I look, I I look at it. Bad? No, I don't. Because they, they, what do you mean they're not recyclable? They look recyclable. They say they're recyclable. They're plastic. No, well, I don't use those ones. I get what do some, you use? the cheap. I get this cheap coffee from Costco, whose yeah. little basket part is made out of kind of a almost a porous paper. And oh. uh, I, I okay, don't so see why that wouldn't are, be recyclable. You probably are starting to use some of them that are recyclable. Well. But most, there's still some of them aren't. But anyway, so, but you, when did you start using those? You've, you've been using K. I'm not uh, trying yesterday. to make you feel bad. I'm just wondering. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't, I don't, um, again, again, I just, and I'm going to push back on this recycling thing. I just read a big article. I a know. lot of major cities are dispense, are, uh, you know, ending their recycling programs because they're too expensive and they don't, they don't yep. work. They don't really yeah. do anything. But yeah. I, I don't know. It just this Green New Deal. We'll see where that where that thing goes. But it seems sometimes yeah. to me to be a little too precious. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just if it, it, it's getting down to the cup of coffee you brew in the morning. However, well, I would say this: is. that the best coffee I've ever had. We have a, a coffee press. Uh, pot. Yeah, and that's they're what they're really saying. Good. Use a coffee press. Yeah, it's really good. Um, even even cold brewing is now um, being considered a better. Yeah, way. Yeah, because they don't use any electricity, way. right? There's no right. heat. Yeah, so that right. There's that's no ridiculous. Heat. Um, what? It's just getting too too much too far. That's overreach. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Okay, that's what I think. That's my opinion. All right. I'm. I'm Brian Johnson. No, I'm Brian I'm Wilson still... of the Beach Boys. Yes. Oh. Okay, so yeah, I'm still gonna. I, I've just never been a Keurig person or a they, monkey that, person. They frustrate me. I hate those pod things. Monkey pods. I just yeah. like to brew. I don't know. There's something about brewing a big pot of beautiful coffee. That's I don't like. I like that and pouring the coffee into my cup and yeah. Some men drink alcohol. Some men drink juices from the vine. But as for me, I'm very simple. Give me coffee every time. Make it warm and make it sweet. Just the way my life has been. Give me coffee, 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 coffee. And let me tell you, you have found yourself a friend. I'm very, I'm very much the same way about my coffee as I am about books versus Kindles. Yep. I like, I want the book. Yeah. I want the pot of coffee. Although the Kindle uh, does not, uh, you don't have to chop down trees to make the paper. See now, you're making me feel. I'm bad. just saying. Hey, are you ready? But paper's recyclable. Are you ready for the joke of the week? Are we done already? Wow, this podcast went fast. Yeah. Feels like we've only been talking for like about 15 That's minutes. That's the difference. 
when you're it's not great. on the pot. <laughs> I know. All I could think of was, my God, it feels. It felt like two in the morning by the time we'd wrapped up that last one because I was on the pot. All right. Okay, here go. we go. You ready? It's yeah. been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Here's the joke. All right. A Catholic priest was feeling despondent over being posted to a dry desert parish. He wrote letters to his bishop constantly saying, can I be posted somewhere else, please, that's more hospitable? No reply to his letters ever came. And pretty soon the letters stopped. Sometime later, when the archbishop was making the rounds of the rural churches, he stopped in to see how the unhappy priest was doing. And when he got there, he found a very pleasant man in an air-conditioned church. There were no parishioners. The closest neighbors were many miles away. And the archbishop admitted to some confusion. Since the priest did not look like the desperate writer of all those letters, he asked the priest, how do you like it out here in the desert now? And the priest said, he was Irish, he said, Well, at first I was unhappy, but thanks to two things I have grown to love it out here in the sparse desert. And what are those things? The archbishop said. Well, the first is my rosary. Without my rosary, I wouldn't make it a day out here. Uh, and the second thing? Well, to be honest, I've developed a taste for martinis in the afternoon. They help to alleviate the heat during the worst part of the day. And he looked kind of sheepish that he was admitting that, but the archbishop just smiled. And the archbishop said, Martinis, huh? Well, that's not so bad. In fact, I'd be glad to share a martini with you right now, if you don't mind, that is. And the priest said, Oh, I don't mind at all. Let me get one for you right away. And turning to the back of the church, the priest shouted, Old Rosary! to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.